the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, or just simply look at your outline. And we will be reading this passage as we proceed with the message uh, this morning. The message is entitled, A Simple Message to a Sophisticated World. You know, we live in a highly technological world. You know, I'm old enough to remember when salesmen will go door to door to sell you the 12-volume uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know if <laughs> some of you would remember that. If not the 12-volume Encyclopedia uh, Britannica, they'll try to sell you the, the atlas of the world or books or whatever they can peddle uh, to give you the information that you need that will enhance your learning of what's going on around you and in your world. Those days are long gone. Right now, information is at the tip of your fingers. All you need to do is to get your phone and type whatever you want to find out or you want to learn, and it'll give you instantaneously the information that you need. In fact, I miss those days when I could talk on the phone because nowadays my phone talks to me. Turn to the left, you idiot. No, your other left. We live in an increasingly sophisticated and technologically advanced world where information is available to us at a split second. We have the advantage of simply uh, speaking and information will be given to us instantaneously. And um, if we want to go somewhere, we don't need to bring out the map or the atlas. We simply need to type the address or the direction, and, and technology will take care of the rest. Technology and this, the, 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 the advancement that we see, uh, these are designed to make our lives simple. But the inner workings of this technology is profoundly sophisticated and difficult to comprehend. In fact, unless you are a trained engineer and can program these things, uh, you and I as, as laymen and as mortals, so to speak, will not comprehend how, uh, how, much, how much program or how much how much sophistication these programs um, are really involved. And it's fascinating. All to make our lives simple. You know, the, 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 the technology or the programming that goes to that one push-button letter uh, involves, you know, a great deal of skilled technological understanding. The gospel message is the same. The gospel message or the message of the cross is just like that. It's a simple statement of God's redemptive plan for mankind. It's a simple message, but the power behind it is so awesome and it's so magnificent that it's able to 
transform a person's life and it's able to make to revolutionize the way a person thinks and behave that it's beyond comprehension it's a simple message that once received by faith can transform a person it's a simple statement for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever uh, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life how simple can a statement be it involves love involves death involves faith it involves hell and it involves heaven a simple statement but once received by faith can transform a person's life can create a transformation inside a person's heart Paul said in Romans chapter 1 he said I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God now always I often wondered why would anyone be ashamed of such a gospel and one of the most prominent reason one of the biggest reasons why people reject the simple message of the cross is exactly that because in their minds and in their viewpoint it's not sophisticated enough that it's so simple it can't be true i mean that's that's how profound the gospel is the message of the cross it is so simple that it defies logic it defies uh, reason what Paul was saying is, I'm not ashamed of this gospel because even though it sounds simple in our hearing, it carries the power of heaven. It carries the power of God to save. And that's the picture that Paul was trying to convey to the Corinthian church, to the Corinthian Christians when he wrote this letter. Uh, he's saying to them and he's saying to us today that the message of the cross is absolutely simple but it defies human logic and wisdom in a way that it demonstrates the power of God. Now, let me give you a little bit of a context before we get into the, the scriptures themselves uh, about what precipitated this letter, what made Paul wrote, write this letter. You know, see, Corinth is a city much like the cities we live in here in the Bay Area. It's kind of like San Francisco or, or maybe even Los Angeles. It's a, it's a hub. It's a center of all kinds of uh, cultures, languages. There's great diversity in, in, in not only cultures and languages, but also philosophies, ideas, and religions. And, of course, there's all kinds of spirituality going on all around them. Uh, the church at Corinth, was in trouble because they were falling into all kinds of influences around them. And they're, they're veering away from the simplicity of the message that they were uh, taught. The Christians at Corinth all were already struggling to keep their identity as the body of Christ, let alone fight off the sophisticated ideas and systems that are around them. The most alarming thing of all is that they were losing sight of the message of the cross because they were being pressured by the sophistication of the world around them. They struggled to focus on the simplicity 
of the gospel message. And in fact, the reason why Paul wrote this letter was because the Corinthian Christians were taking sides as to who they're going to follow. Uh, some of the Christians in Corinth, they were very impressed at this man named Apollos because he was very articulate. He was able to, to, to argue with, with, the, with the Romans, you know, with, with the, the sophisticated elite among the Romans. And so some of the Christians were like saying, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to listen to Apollos. And then some of them, some of the other Christians, uh, they favored the Apostle Paul because they're saying the Apostle Paul was a, a great um, uh, witness to the Greeks. You know, he's got what it takes to defend the message of the gospel among those people who are having some pagan influences in their lives. And then there's probably some other Christians in that area, in that place at that time, who were supporting uh, the other disciples. So there was a great faction. They were having a lot of divisions, and they were taking sides on who they're going to follow and listen. And Paul was saying to them, you got to stop it. You're losing sight of the fact that there is only one gospel and there's only one person that we need to focus on and that is Jesus and his gospel okay they starting evaluate they started to evaluate the message on the basis of what they were hearing from different people and and Paul was concerned and he was saying don't don't be influenced and the reason why the reason why they were divided was because they wanted to impress the people around them they wanted to impress all, 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 you know, the people that are on the outside. They wanted a message that will be palatable. They wanted a message that will relate. They wanted a message that will be relevant. And they're picking out their favorite preacher, so to speak, to engage the world. And what Paul was saying, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to do that. Our message is singular. It's the message of the cross. And it's a simple message. And all of us should rally around the message, not necessarily the messengers don't look at the sophistication of the culture around you look at the simplicity of the message of the cross because in its simplicity rests great power to transform everybody it was a big stumbling block to a lot of people in paul's day they just couldn't accept a simple message you know and the people in the church at that time they were they were, they were being pressured to come up with a more, you know, a more powerful, so to speak, a, a more intelligent message to convey to the people. They couldn't believe. The people around them couldn't accept the message because it was so simple. What's, what, what's, what's, what's this message about someone dying on the cross and if you believe in this person, you will go to heaven or you will you know, inherit eternal life. The culture at that time is showing great skepticism because the message was so simple that it defies the, the great learning and the great uh, sophistication of the, of the society that they were in. And the sad thing is that believers at Corinth and still so many today uh, believe in the message of the cross we still try to find ways to make it acceptable or relevant to the world around us. You know what, loved ones? That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to understand this message for ourselves. He wants us to understand the simplicity of the message of the cross. 
we don't need to bow down to the pressures of being sophisticated and being able to answer all the arguments that people have against the gospel that we believe. We don't have to listen to people saying, oh yeah, I have these questions that your gospel cannot answer. Listen to me very carefully. The gospel of the cross is not designed to give reasons to give to people. We're not supposed to give reasons for why people uh, struggle the way they struggle in their life. The gospel is intended to transform our lives supernaturally and miraculously. That's the intention of the gospel. We're not supposed to be pressured by the fact that, hey, you know, what if I'm talking to a real smart guy and I tell him about Jesus loving him and Jesus dying on the cross for his sins. And if he comes to faith in Jesus, then he will be born again. And when he dies, he'll go to heaven. I mean, how could I be believed by someone who's smarter than me? Don't fall into that trap. The message of the gospel is a simple message, but it can change the most sophisticated mind and the most advanced heart if there's such a thing. There are four things that Paul says he wants us to discover with regards to the message of the cross. Four things that we need to discover for ourselves. We need to understand this about the message of the cross. Number one, the message of the cross, first of all, and it's all in our text, is spiritually discerned. It is spiritually discerned, and only those who believe can understand it. Okay? Look at verses 18 to 19. Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Who are the perishing? Everyone who's rejecting the message of the cross. And why are they rejecting the message of the cross? Because in their minds it's not enough. doesn't make sense to them. Those are the perishing. And Paul says, It's foolishness to those who do not believe. But to those who are being saved, those who approach the cross by faith, it is the power of God. I mean, if you, if, if you really, really listen to that, Paul was just saying to them, Be, you know, you, you don't understand. You're foolish if you think you can go against what God said his plan for redemption. You're perishing. But to those who will approach it by faith, it'll become a demonstration of God's power. Only those who receive Jesus' word by faith can truly comprehend the power of the cross and will be transformed. Transformed from what? Transformed from being sinners and separated from God to God's very own children perfected by the righteousness of Christ. Okay? We, when we come to faith in Christ, we all know this, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit transforms our lives by the power of the gospel, by the power of the word of Christ. In the Christian worldview, faith comes before reason. And a lot of people struggle with that. People want to find reasons and answers when you tell them about the gospel. But in the Christian understanding, faith must come before reason. And it's not that we don't want to explain things to people it's not that there's no explanation to the things that are that people are asking it's simply a priority issue we must have faith first rather than reason and why is that because god understands that human beings are predisposed to answering their own questions you know we you and me you know without jesus Okay, we will find our own way of righteousness. Believe me on this. We will find answers that satisfies us. 
we will try to work our way to God. I mean, that's, that's, that's who we are. We're fallen people. And that's why the Bible says faith comes from hearing. Faith must come first before reasons can be given to the issues that we face. And the reason why that must happen is so that we won't pursue our own way of righteousness. Okay? Because when we come to faith in Jesus and believe in the power of the cross, what do we receive? We receive redemption. And once we receive redemption, righteousness will come. So here it is. Faith must come before reason because redemption must come before righteousness. You can't be righteous. I can't be righteous without being redeemed. And we can't be redeemed without having faith in Christ. That's basically the whole thing that Paul wants to say. You must put your faith on the cross of Jesus. Don't try to proclaim your own ideas about what it means to be a child of God. What it means to understand the issues that come your way. The explanation will come later. God will reveal to you properly why things happen the way they do. And he may not reveal everything to us, but when we get to heaven, we'll know what God wanted all along, okay? So let's not be pressured about, you know, people, people keep looking for reasons, you know? I'm not going to believe in Jesus because they, they give you a, a list of things that they want answered. <laughs> they give you a list of reasons why they couldn't believe. But in the end, they simply do not want to put their faith in what God has already established. You know, I, I know people who will question the gospel without even hearing about it. You know, I always get comments from people like, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, he's a good teacher. Oh, he was a great prophet, he's a martyr. But what they're really trying to say is that Jesus was just a man. And I really couldn't believe in Jesus as the son of God. I mean, that's what really th they're saying. Why are they saying that? Because they simply do not have or do not want to exercise faith that God has given them. You know, I, I hear people ask all the time, why did God choose uh, to save us this way? Why couldn't he just save everybody? Why couldn't he just save the good people and send them to heaven and the bad people send them to hell and all that? Wouldn't that be even simpler I always get people asking for reasons and questions and things like that. But here's what God wants you and I to understand this morning. How he did it and why he did it is his business. Okay? Why God sent a Jewish carpenter to be the son of man <laughs> to save and redeem the world is God's business. Okay? It's his choice. And why can God have a choice? Because he's God. Our part is to say, I receive it by faith. And then things will make sense because God gives us a new birth to that living way. People ask questions because they simply do not want to put their faith in the word of Christ. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because the things of God are discerned only through the spirit. So God gives us what we need to know. 
But to be able to access that, we need to access that by faith. We need to be willing to accept God's offer of eternal life, the offer of the cross. You know, I, I mentioned this to you before. You know, I grew up in church, and I've known everything, all the lingo and all of that stuff. But one thing I really couldn't figure out was why is it that Sunday in and Sunday out, you know, I, I had to go to the altar and confess my sin and accept Jesus every Sunday. This happened to me <laughs> early on in my life, you know. I know the gospel message. I know that, that Jesus died on the cross and all of that, but I, I really couldn't put it together be because I wasn't exercising my faith in Jesus. I was listening to the preacher, and the preacher keeps saying, if you just accept Jesus as your Savior in your life, you know, you will be a Christian. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I understand completely what the person is saying, okay? That if I just accept if i just open my life to jesus then he will come and and save me and that's very true but what i didn't understand was the fact that the holy spirit needs to be involved in the in the transformation i needed to trust in the gospel i needed to trust in what was being said i lived you know my, my first years of trying to be a christian uh foolishly because i've always uh, felt that um, that uh, I need to invite Jesus in my life until I realized and the Spirit of God says, no, 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 Jesus is inviting you. Jesus is calling you, you know. <laughs> you inviting Jesus put the control in your own life, you know, to you. The control is yours. But once you realize that it's Jesus who's doing the invitation and it's us who need to come to that invitation, that makes a world of difference. Because it, it's, it, the control now belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. The same thing when we use the word, why don't you commit your life to Jesus? The Bible doesn't call us to commit to Jesus. The Bible calls us to surrender. There's a huge difference between commitment and surrender. Commitment means you are in control. I'll commit to praying for an hour. I'll commit to attending worship once a week. I'll commit to reading the Bible, you know, 15 minutes a day. Commitment says, and there's nothing wrong with making these commitments, commitment says, I run the show. I get to control the time and the manner by which I'm going to do it. But when you surrender, you're saying, God, you're in charge. I'll do what you say. And that's what faith is all about, surrendering to what God says. Whether we understand why he said it or not, that'll come later. But we need to come to faith in Jesus first, and then reason comes after. And, and a lot of people struggle with that because they want the answer before, you know. Be before they receive what God is promising, they wanted the answer first. And you know, no one ever gets saved. If, if all of our, our questions have to be answered before we believe, I mean, it's foolishness, you know. It's like saying, you know, I'm not going to go to Walmart unless I'm guaranteed that the light in every intersection will be green so that I don't have to stop. I mean, that's how foolish that is. There's a second thing about the message of the cross that is so simple, 
that expect it to be systematically denied. Okay? Don't be surprised that the gospel of the cross will be systematically denied by the world. The Corinthian Christians are struggling with reconciling their faith with the culture around them. They want to be Christians, but they also want to belong to the world and its system. They were doing the same activities that their non-believing counterparts were doing. They're engaging in the same lifestyles as the world in direct opposition of the way they should live because they have already crossed over from death to life. And they struggle with it because, uh, you know, they want it to be accepted. They, they can't believe that the gospel, uh, if they follow and believe the word of Christ, that they will be rejected by the world. They will be rejected. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.